Well, good morning again. Good to be with you. Um, if you don't know me, my name's Andrew. I, I've been at Hope for a bit over a year, a year and two months now. And uh, last week we started a, a series called A Devoted Church. And, and we focused, we honed in on that word, devoted. And so what I want you to do now is to, uh, I want you to uh, give me some feedback right in the comments. The answer to the question, what do you think it looks like when somebody is devoted to a person? What does it look like when somebody is devoted to a person? What would you expect to see? How would that, how would they do that? How would they express that? What would they need to do that? Those kind of things. So, so would you get writing in the comments, uh, the kind of things that come to mind when you think, how would somebody be devoted to a person? That's the first question. I've got the comments uh, coming up here, so do throw them in as and when you get some thoughts, and then I'll take us from there. How would you expect somebody to express their devotion to a person? Putting them first, thanks Michelle. I feel like I, if I could have a little gold medal emblem, then I could always give it to the person who, who give me feedback first, so Michelle, you get that. Um, Anything else, anything else you would have? Loyalty, respect, cherishing, honouring, caring. It's, uh, thank you, Alice. It's, it's actually a lot of the similar words that we use to the word devoted, but we're applying it to a person. And um, Yeah, give me some more things. Attentive, thank you, Holly. Nurturing, Helen, thank you. Can't stop looking at them. That's a really interesting one, Hannah, thank you. Um, energy focused on that person. Th- these are really fantastic. Keep, keep them coming, thanks, Rob. A single heart of focus, putting them first. Um, anything else I'd love to see even if someone else has said it you know I'd, I, let's have whatever you're thinking be a participator we all want to be so um, sacrificial thank you Mark always there for you focused on willing to drop anything and everything for them I mean these are fantastic have a little have a little read of the comments as well because there's some really fantastic things coming through doing all you can to bless them thank you Guy going out of your way to help them I mean really amazing picture of what it means to be devoted to somebody and perhaps we imagine that to be with, with our family, with our, with our spouse, or with key friends uh, in our lives. People that we feel especially devoted to. Wow, this is amazing. Give them whatever they need to anything and everything. Paul Smith puts, spend time with them. So we've got an amazing thing. I'm not going to say Wien Sheen Carla. Thank you for a wholehearted Liz, unconditional love. Brilliant. I mean, keep them coming. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to move on, but do keep them coming. So, um, if, if, we, if you remember back to last week when we looked at that little passage in, in Acts chapter 2, where it said that the, the whole church devoted themselves to all these different things, to, to prayer, to the apostles' teaching, to meeting together, to sharing food, those kind of things that, that the early church devoted themselves to. But right in the middle of the church, right in the middle of that early church, the cause, the reason, the initiating factor that led to their devotion was God himself. That above all, the church could be described as being a church that was devoted to him. And that's the title of today's talk, is a church devoted to him, to God himself. I've been tracking through recently, reading some of Paul's letters to the church, the various churches in the New Testament. He, he writes a number of letters. And the churches are struggling with, with different issues. The, the Corinthian church is, is quite um, 
a proud church they're having these amazing spiritual experiences and encounters they've got they've got people prophesying left right and center saying things that they think god is saying to them they've got an an, an abundance of spiritual gifts The, the church in ephesus is struggling with people using church as a bit of a catwalk flaunting themselves and and using it as a as an expression of social status um, the church in Thessalonica is struggling with intense suffering, intense persecution. They have a number of widows because the, the Christians are being killed. And so, and so, and in fact, so, um, in, in a number of the churches, you know, th- th- there's a need for people to take care of the widows. And so the, these churches have got a number of different issues, and, and I'm sure there are more. But it's interesting as I read Paul's advice to them his counsel to them, his encouragement to them, the thing, the common factor that he keeps saying is, would you root yourselves in God again and again and again? Would you keep coming back to him? Because it strikes me that it's easy to mature out of being devoted to him. Mature should have little quotation marks. To mature because it's not, it's not actual maturity. And as we, as if we were to write down on paper the, the values that we would be looking for in a, in a church, I, I have no doubt that we would all write, write, in, the, write in the heart of it. You know, we, we want a church that's devoted to Jesus Christ, that, that is centered on God himself. And the church is really just an, an expression, a, a, a cumulative expression of a number of individuals. It's churches, me and you, together. And so when we say we want to be a part of church, a church that is devoted to God himself, that has Jesus right in the middle of things, that keeps coming back to the first love again and again and again, what we're really saying is that we want to be devoted as individuals. And we want to be part of a people who are continually devoted to God himself. And sometimes we can, we can have an expectation of the church that we aren't pursuing as individuals. We have an expectation that our church will be centered on God himself. But are, but are we? We have an expectation that that church will keep coming back to the first love, will create an environment of worship where we praise God, where we pray, where we enjoy his presence. But do we? I'm going to post a, a scripture now in, in the comments from, from 1 Corinthians 2. And I'd love, I'd love you to do what we did last week again, is to have a read of it, and I'll pray for us, and I'll read it out loud. I'll, I'll put the passage in the comments as well. But if you've got your Bibles, do, do open it up to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 1 to 8. And what I want you to ask God is, um, highlight one thing for me, God. What one thing stands out from this passage? Okay, so uh, let me post it. Great, that's, that's gone up. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 to 8. I'm going to pray for us, then I'll read it. And then there'll be some space for you to reflect, allow God to highlight something. And then I'd love you to post that in the comments. What's the thing that's getting your attention? So, Heavenly Father, would you, would you make the scriptures uh, come alive to us again? Thank you that they still speak into our experience of life. Thank you that they still have a way of leading us back to you. And so, Lord, as we reflect on this passage of scripture, would we, would we hear your voice? 
would we see the things that you would like us to see. Amen. So let me read it and then we'll reflect. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 to 8. And so it was with me, this is Paul speaking, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So spend a minute reflecting on that and allow God to highlight something and then post it up if you'd like to. I'd love you to into the comments. So we've got some things starting to be fed back. Do, do feed them back as and when you're ready. I absolutely love I love doing this with with you because the the, the reflections that come out of these kind of questions they're they're they're, they're incredibly deep and profound. So thank you for sharing. Um, it, it, we're, I guess in a way we're sort of teaching each other. We're showing God's word to each other. So it's really invaluable to, to be able to just reflect on scripture itself and allow scripture to, to search us and for God to highlight something. It's, it's a precious thing and to be able to do that together, it's, it's really precious. if you've already commented do just have a read of what others are saying it's you know it's only eight verses and yet our reflections on those eight verses are longer than the eight verses themselves that's the that's part of the wonder of scripture a small little uh, door of scripture will open to a far greater expanse of of revelation 
through, that's what the Holy Spirit does. So do keep those things uh, coming. Paul makes an intentional choice in 1 Corinthians 2. In, in fact, in his ministry. To constantly strip himself back. He was possibly a very gifted speaker. But he made a choice to not use that because he didn't want people's confidence to be on what he'd said. He wanted it to be on God himself. As we, as we, as we reflect on what it means to be a devoted church, to be a church devoted to him, I wonder if we need to strip to strip ourselves back again to clothe ourselves with with nothing but him to be brought back to this continual heartbeat of it's God and God alone to be devoted to relying on his Holy Spirit to being slower to speak not using many words but using few and perhaps God works more through the few than the many. It's interesting in, in, in the very last book of the Bible, Revelation, which, which is a, <laughs> it's a dense book, and, uh, but there's a moment in there where seven letters are, are sent out to seven different churches. And one, I think it's a church in Ephesus, they're doing all sorts of amazing things. But the, the letter, the, the, the sort of driving sharp point of the letter is, you know, you've, you come back to your first love. You've, you, 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 your love for, for God himself has, has been a little bit lost in the midst of all the other great things that you're doing. And so I, I, I guess in, it's kind of hard to talk about how to be devoted to God other than saying it's, it's what the faith is all about. It's what we want to be all about. And the way I wanted to spend the second half of, of this talk is actually looking at two key ways in which I think, or two key things that we need in order to devote ourselves to God as individuals, but also as a church, because really church is just, it's, it's a group of individuals. And the first one is, um, is someone actually said it in, in the comments, I forget who, right at the beginning. But um, I'll see. If, yeah, Paul Paul Smith. Spend time with them. I think the key to, to devotion is time. That if we have no time to express our devotion, to practice our devotion, then our devotion will uh, wither away. That if we if we look at the all of the other things that we reflected, that devotion is about. In, in that first question I asked, all of them require time. Putting someone else first, giving them your undivided attention, being completely focused on, going above and beyond for. They all require time. I've been reading, I've been reading this book recently. Very popular in the Christian world at the minute, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by um, John Mark Comer. And in it, he, he tells a very familiar story. And for me, 
I guess it, it hits quite close to home as well of you know his story as a young a young man who who plants the church and it goes incredibly well and very quickly or, or after a number of years he begins to realize that he's sort of struggling personally with all of this success and he begins to see that he's lost the heart of of what it's about for him which is devotion to God himself and having time to be with God and actually it's a story that's incredibly familiar in in the Christian world um, both in leaders and just in people that that as we live through life we constantly get to this point where we where we or I certainly feel like I do where I feel like I just I just stop prioritizing God and it's reflected in my choice of how I use my time. And so I want to, I want to ask us a question of, if, if we want to be a people devoted to him, and if we feel like we have no time to do it, then, then we're going to have to give some things up. Like, maybe working four days a week instead of five. And maybe that means we have to move where we live, because we can't afford to live where we live now. Maybe it's about um, scaling back on our on our commitments. Maybe you know I, I don't know what it could be, but but if we want to prioritize having time to devote ourselves to God Himself, which ultimately is is I th- I think what 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 the Christian faith is, then we have to make choices to make that happen, and there will be a cost to those choices. Personally, for me, something I've realised recently is that um, I, I've been trying to stop, uh, like, covering over my boredom with easy covers, like watching TV or playing a computer game. Which, when I feel bored, those are, those are some of the things I'll default to. Even reading a novel, which you know, when I was growing up, that was like the holy grail of how you spend your free time, wasn't it? Reading. Every parent wants their kid to read. It's a good thing. But uh, I began to realise that I, I was covering my boredom over with these things that I could turn to easily. And I, I began to think, wh- what would happen if I confronted my boredom rather than hid from it? What if when I feel bored, I don't default to doing something, but I stare the boredom in the face and say, I'm bored, why am I bored? And realise the because, again, something John Mark Comer talks about is when we stop and, and we don't just fill our time, things bubble to the surface. And it has been quite painful for me realising some of the, the unanswered questions I have inside of myself that come out in those times. But one of the things that I'm trying to learn to do is that when I'm bored or when I'm feeling tired, changing, changing what I do to refresh myself. Because Jesus says in, in the Gospels, he says, come to me, all you who are... Uh, heavy, heavy laden and weary and I will give you rest and what I've realised is that when I'm tired I don't go to Jesus I go to these, these pastimes and what would happen if I went to him to be re-energised now I, 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 don't, I don't have the experience of your life I'm, I, don't, I, I, may, I probably don't work as hard as you I, I have no children yet soon to change and so I, I don't know what it's like being a parent I don't know what it's what it's um, like for a lot of the, you know, I, I don't have to commute far. All these different, well, none of us are commuting far, I guess, at the minute, so that's a gift. But, um, you know, I, I may not have your experience. I don't have your experience, so fine. But um, I've lost my train of thought there, so I don't have your experience. That's not the point, but let's hover on that one for a while. Uh, 
Who knows? You finish that sentence because I lost my train of thought. So time, time is key for devotion and we had to find a way to find time. And so I want to challenge you today to, to make some brave choices about what you do when you're tired, what you do when you're bored and how do you find time to devote yourselves to God? Because ultimately that's what the gospel is calling us to. That's the point. <laughs> the second thing I wanted to reflect on is, um, is when, when God doesn't do things that we, that when we don't understand what God is doing, how, um, how that sometimes uh, uh, pushes us away from him rather than into him. And so uh, we allow the uncertainty of his activity to question our certainty of his character. I'll say that again. We allow the uncertainty of his activity, we don't know what he's doing, we don't understand it, to question our certainty of his character. I do this all the time. Um, you can probably say to me at any given day, Andrew, are you allowing the uncertainty of his activity to question the certainty of his character? And I'll say, thank you, you've got me. Um, and the reason that, that we do that is because we, um, it's hard and, and we think we, we, we translate his character into a certain set of actions, but it doesn't work like that. And so I want us to be able to, part of confronting boredom for me, confronting the space, is realizing that I have unprocessed pain, unprocessed hurt of where God didn't act in the way that I thought he would. And that has compromised my confidence in who I believe him to be. That I've in, inserted a lot of but into his character. He's good, but, you know, he's faithful, but, and we've seen it, or, or, but, I don't understand how it works, or it's not happened in the way I want to. And so part of creating space in our life to be with God is that we process the pain of the uncertainty of his activity, but we can use it for fuel for devotion, rather than when we're busy, busy it becomes a massive divide from, it pushes us away from devotion. So if you're facing confusion, around what God is doing in your life. If you don't understand what's happening, if you're in challenge, if you're in trial, then time to devote yourself to him has never been more important, has never been more key, because without being able to process it with him, we will never have um, any peace around those uncertainties. It's only when we're with him that we gain his perspective, we gain his view. So I want to, I want to pray for us. Thank you so much for all, all the comments and reflections on there. It's just, do, do have a um, read through afterwards to, to be inspired. But I'd like to spend some time praying to, to, to wait on God. And again, if you feel like God's saying anything to you, to us, then please do um, put it on the comments and I'll, I'll try and see it as well. But let's pray and ask God to search us and to help us in this uh, as, we, as we come to close. So Father, we... We put ourselves in front of you and, uh, and thank you that you, um, you invite us to do so. Thank you that you, you, you want us to come close. Father, we, we want to be, we want to be devoted to you. That's, that's why, that's why we, we just, you know, why we said yes to being Christians was to give ourselves to you. Father, we recognise that, that it, I recognise that it's not something that I find easy and that I find gets squeezed out. 
and I realise that I turn to other things to to avoid the unresolved within me. But Holy Spirit, I recognise that my my hiding, my my hiding from my boredom, it's 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 in the words of Guy and Tanya, it's building barriers, not bridges. And so Holy Spirit, would you teach us, would you help us to reshape the building blocks of our calendar, of our diary, of our day-to-day life, that we have time to devote ourselves to you. Lord, let it never be religious. Help it to always connect with our hearts, with our with our genuine us. Father, help us to not to not um, mature out of devotion to you. I pray that the unanswered questions that we have, that we would keep knocking on the door, that we would that we wouldn't bury them. But we would fiercely keep asking you the questions. Father, when we're when we're tired and worn out, would you help us would you teach us how to choose you and be refreshed by you in those moments? Holy Spirit, would you come and speak to us? First and foremost, just as people. So if there's anything that, that you feel God uh, saying, said to you in that time that you'd like to share, we'd, we'd love to hear it. I want to finish by uh, saying a quote by a guy called Pete Scazzaro, who, who's an, another Christian leader who, or Christian, doesn't matter he's a leader, just Christian who got to a point in his life where he was worn out of losing the focus of being devoted to God. And, um, and he has this lovely phrase about what what spiritual disciplines are, spiritual habits of connecting with God. And, and his definition is, he said, it's really just slowing down to be with Jesus. It's just slowing down to be with Jesus. And that's the invitation, that's the heartbeat of the early church, the heartbeat of what it means to be devoted with to him. Is that we build life around the things that we're devoted to. And maybe today we need to make some big choices about reshaping our life to be devoted to him. 
Chris, do you want to come and close us up? And yeah. Almost got within two metres of you there, Andrew. That was close. That was close. Felt the magnetic thing push me away. But uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's really rich, isn't it? I feel um, my personal reflection in that was a recognition of a bit of a sacred and secular divide in my life where I can think of some things as um, as more more connected with God and others and less. And I think what he was inviting me to do there was to was to acknowledge and welcome and recognise his presence throughout the day uh, and not segment things into sort of holy space and unholy space. But actually, so that, that was my takeaway. I wonder what, what yours was. You can still add them into the comments and people can, and that's the way we can share them as a church. So great to be, uh, you know, great to be walking with you. We just, you know, we just love being part of this church. We love the, um, the, 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 the humility, the, the hunger there is within, within people of hope. We love just, uh, we're really appreciating through this coronavirus season of the chances to see, um, uh, lots of us from within the church, uh, you know, contribute to putting content on- online. So we've been having our went through the season of early days of lockdown of our the eight a.m. eight a.m. prayers, and someone would bring a kind of a thought and inspiration for the day. And we're now reading the Bible together, aren't we, in our eight o'clock prayers each each morning. Uh, and then it's great having. I think so. If you haven't, uh, if you work with us at the beginning, we've got um through this through the summertime, we've got youth and kids videos together, and I encourage you that to to watch those as families because we're, we're, the kind of question that we're working on alongside this is how do we grow uh, in our faith as families, uh, as youth and children uh, together. You know, in this. In, how do we do it? How do we grow in, in faith together? And, and it's, a, it's a very real thing that Alice and I are grappling with together with our children and, and uh, some great chats with, with people. There. So there's some really good good stuff on this video. Uh, this week, the Charlie, and I've done a bit as well, but there's some great content there from Isabel and Jemima and Charlie Ferdinando and Benjamin, and, and it's great seeing what's in, in their homes. They really recommend that video to you. And it's yeah, yes, great to be part of a learning church, isn't it, that's, that's um, walking with Jesus seeing and tasting and sharing the goodness of God um, with those around us. So bless you this week and uh, we'll be back here again next week continuing our devoted church journey.